Hello, church. How are we today? Are we well? Are we lively? Are we happy to be in the house of God? Come on. Hey, I am so honoured to be here today. And in fact, first off, Ben, you guys can take your seats. Who loves the worship team? I am so wrapped. I am thrilled. I am excited. I am all of those words to be with you today. Uh, Because, like Pastor Mark said before, uh, this building holds a lot of history for my family. Um, It wasn't mentioned earlier, but uh, my uncle, who sadly passed away a few years ago, he was Chris Pittman. Um, So he was heavily involved in this church as well. Uh, And so I come from an incredible uh, legacy. Uh, My granddad as well, Roy Brake, he says hello to everyone here as well. Uh, Some people are like, who is that? Um, But I am honestly so honoured to be with you today. This is such an incredible church uh, doing incredible things. And I think there is such an anointing on this house uh, to, to help to raise people up uh, and to actually make a difference. I think this church is called to be mobilised. I think this is a church full of people who are participating in a move of God, not just spectating. So uh, I am wrapped to be here. But a few things about me. Uh, My name is Jordan or uh, Geordie, if we're family, which we are. So you can call me Geordie after the service. my name's Jordan. I have a wife. Well, I don't have a wife. I got married almost two years ago to Emma Faith Harris. She's honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me, apart from making that decision to follow Jesus, of course. Uh, but I am reaching hardcore. Uh, and I am in our relationship, I am the clucky one. So I'm the one, like we got married. I'm like, so when are we having kids? <laughs> I'm the clucky one. So Emma is a businesswoman. She is a boss chick. So she's, she's crazy. And so she turns around and she goes, not for a while, mate. Settle down. Settle down. So we compromised and we got a puppy. Uh, so we got a puppy in January. His name is Murphy. Uh, and uh, he is what's called a grudel. Someone say grudel. So he is a golden retriever cross poodle. So in other words, he's just a big real-life teddy bear. Um, But pray for him. He sprained his shoulder somehow this week. I don't know how dogs do that, but they can. Um, So he's limping around the house right now. Um, But we are in uh, such an incredible season in life. I opened up a coffee shop with my brother last July as well uh, because I am a firm believer that just like it was prayed just before, uh, that the church doesn't exist just to make a difference in these four walls. We're called to take what we've got out and to make a difference. So my brother and I, we stepped out and we decided, hey, let's start a coffee shop. Everyone loves coffee. So let's bring the Christians in. Let's bring the people who don't know God yet in and let's mix them and let's see salvation come. So we're we're believing that a, a day will come where we will see salvation inside our coffee shop. We haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. I'm telling you right now. Um, But we have a full life, and just to add to the full life, uh, my lead pastors, Pastor Sam and Pastor Hannah Long, they do send their love, by the way. Uh, They asked us to step into our youth pastor role at Nova Church, so my wife and I stepped into that this year, uh, and we launched this term. And can I just say, I have such a heart for young people. The next generation needs to know God. I don't know about you, but if you watch like any minutes in the news, Like, it is getting scary out there. Where culture is heading is not great. And so we need to be standing up, 
seeing young people come to know God, come to love Scripture, come to love the house of God. And so that's what we believe we're called to do in this season. So that's what we're doing. Uh, We had first week, we'll get into the message in just a moment. I'm just so wrapped. I love seeing young people know God. So the first week we we launched youth, we had this um, young girl come through year eight. She'd never been in a church service ever which is so rare. Like we're talking like not even like chapel, nothing like that. So she, she stepped into our youth ministry and she's like, is, there's free food. This is great. I'll just be here every week. She had an encounter with God that night, raised her hand, made a decision to start that journey with Jesus. And we got a message the other day. Emma started a Bible plan with her. And, and the message essentially was saying, I cannot believe that I get to live the life I'm living now. Even in year eight, she sees that God is on her life. God is taking her somewhere. So we are wrapped to be a part of that. Um, but before I start, can we just honour your lead pastors really quickly? You have some of the most incredible pastors in the world. In the world. I got to spend a couple of minutes with them just earlier. And uh, some of those European stories were crazy. You have got bold and faith-filled pastors. So back them, believe in this next season that crazy things are going to happen. Uh, but I am so honoured to be here. Are you glad you're in church this morning? Good. Hey, well, what I want to do today is, is I want to share a, a message that I think is quite foundational. Something that is almost like going back to the basics. But who knows in church, we can often overcomplicate things. People can get up and they can have 14 points that all start with the same letter and you're like, wow, this sounds good, but is it going to actually do anything? Or they get up and they show you a a video and then they they say something that doesn't even match the video and you're like, "Where, where is this, what is going on? And then you leave and you're like, church was, church was, church was good. Today, I don't want church to be good. I want you to have an encounter with God. That's, I, I don't know about you, but if we're just going to stand here, be happy, clappy, do a little Christian karaoke and then go home, I don't want a bar of it. <laughs> I want an encounter with God. And so today we're going basic. Someone say basic. And I think if we can catch this today, it will actually radicalize and mobilize you further. Because like we were saying just before, why we do church isn't actually just for these four walls. If we can be mobilized, if we can go out and not just spectate, but participate in God's plan, we can see the city of Adelaide flipped upside down and and God come through in a powerful way. But where I want to share from today is found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 18. And this is one of my favorite verses. And um, I'll get honest with you guys in just a moment, but this is such a powerful verse for me personally. And I think if we can grasp this as a church, uh, it will do absolute wonders for your walk with Jesus. But 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says this, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Sons and daughters. He is our father. We are a son. We are a daughter. Today, I want to zone in I want to focus on the security that we can have knowing that we are a son or a daughter of the Most High. You are not just a single mom. You are not just a business owner. You are not just a year nine student. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High. See, this morning, I don't want to share about this fuzzy feeling of being secure and being loved. I want to talk about the powerful reality that we can have and be mobilized with 
if we can understand that there's a Father who loves us, who's empowered us to step out as a son or as a daughter of Him. See, I don't want to talk about a God that's out there and wants to make you feel good. I want to talk about a God that is present, that is close, that is here, that wants you to know that you are loved and you are secure. You know, the definition of security in, uh, in, in the dictionary is a, I know, crazy, super spiritual book, that one. The definition of security is the state of feeling safe, stable, and free from fear or anxiety. Safety, stability, free from fear or anxiety. So when we talk about how we are securing God's love as a son and daughter, we're talking about how God loves you so much that He's promised safety, security, and freedom from fear and anxiety. That's the promise. That's the security that we can have. And, and I don't know about you, but I've heard this verse like multiple times in church. 1 John 4, 18 says, Perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. Not some. All. Perfect love casts out all fear. See, a bit of my story is we, we mentioned it earlier, but my mum was a youth pastor here back in the day and then she met my dad. They got married. They moved to Queensland. They started a church there. It was awesome. I was a pastor's kid. In other words, the most entitled person in a room. <laughs> Joking. I was a bit of a brat though. But pretty much when I turned seven years old, my whole life got flipped upside down. My parents met me in the lounge room at our house in Pine Rivers in Brisbane. And they said, hey, Jordan, Tim, my little brother, hey, some things are going to change a little bit uh, around here. And, and I didn't know what they were saying. And then I could see my dad had like a suitcase packed and uh, I sort of kicked up a bit of a fuss. I was like, what is going on? I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. I don't like the feeling of this, blah, blah, blah. And, and my dad, he essentially grabbed his suitcase and said, hey, son, I'm really sorry. I've got to go away for a little while. I've got a headache. And so essentially what happened in that moment was my dad actually left our family. And so in a split moment, my mum had to make a decision. What was going to go, like what was going to happen? So she said, you know what? I've got family in Adelaide, God's city. Come on. Um, the third most livable city in the world. How crazy is that? Anyway, moving on. Take that, Melbourne. Um, but we packed our, our suitcases. We moved to Adelaide. We, we literally had nothing with us. Uh, there was no money in the bank, nothing. So my auntie, she... Uh, she actually took us in. So my brother, myself, and my uh, mum my were all living in this small bedroom in the back of um, a house on Pittman Road in Windsor Gardens. And, uh, and we, we found ourselves in this really tough place. And then essentially my mum worked really hard. She is an absolute boss. Like she is the, apart from my wife, like she is the best woman in the world. Brownie points. Um, but she worked really hard, saved up for a house deposit. We bought a house um, and then... I remember the first couple of years that we were in that house, I couldn't sleep properly. And it wasn't because I was playing too many video games. It wasn't because I had sugar before I went to bed. It wasn't because I was anxious about school. It genuinely came down to the fact that my father was absent. Because my father wasn't present, I was actually fearful. Because here's the thing. Fear dominates our lives when there's no security. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're like, I'm coming because I need to hear something from God because right now life is not great. Well, guess what? God has something for you today. He has something for you. 
See, there's so many things that God's love and security actually have in common. And in fact, if we look back at the origin of security, here's where I think it started. I think someone, somewhere, at some time, (laughs) decided that they loved something or someone so much that they wanted to protect it. People are like, something, someone. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is good security stems from great love. If you love something deeply, you have good security for it. And so I think when it comes to God's love and good security, there are actually some principles that actually work in both. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about for the next few moments is good security. Good security. Someone say good security. Good security. I love this church. You guys are so vocal. I love it. But what I want to do is I want to walk through three points with you for just a moment. And we're going to get to the end. And I'm believing that there's going to be breakthrough in this room. um, Because it may be foundational, but, but we can forget foundations sometimes. But I want to walk through three things that I think good security and God's love actually have in common. Is that all right, church? Are we happy to be here, life? Come on. Point one, who's taking notes? Great, you get a better car in heaven. No, don't, don't take that. That's wrong. Someone's writing that down. Um, No, that is not correct. Point one, good security is constant. Good security is constant. In fact, life, I would say the best security is constant. I'm about to blow your mind for a moment. You ready? You in your seat? Most robberies and break-ins happen when there's no security. Thank you so much for having me today. Break-ins and robberies happen when there's no security. See, I mentioned I opened up a coffee shop with my brother earlier on, right? Within four months of being open, I rocked up to open the shop one morning. Door was open, mess on the floor, cash was gone. We'd been robbed. And the crazy thing was, was I felt violated. I felt like, what the heck just happened? What is going on? I thought we had an alarm system. The alarm system was flashing, but there was no, nothing to it. So I'm like, this is pointless. And like, and if you're thinking of robbing me, I've, I've set up new measures. Uh, <laughs> but we got robbed. And, and the crazy thing is, is that they came, we worked out, they came at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. Now they didn't walk in, broad daylight, at 8 to 9 a.m., our busiest period of the day, and they didn't walk up to the counter, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, you go, you go, you go. All right, cool. Hey, look, um, I'm really sorry. This is really inconvenient for you, um, but I'm just going to have to take everything. That's all right. No, 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 they didn't do that because there was actually security. There were people present. So good security is constant. It's not inconsistent. I love this. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ, come on is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in other words, Jesus doesn't change depending on our circumstances, our ideas, our realities, or even our emotions. I love this. With teenagers, right? And there's some teenagers in the room, and this is definitely you. Um, but they like, have a moment with God, and they're like, this is amazing. And then you take youth camp away, and they're like, where's God? And I think so often we can actually tie our relationship to God with emotions or with realities or with ideas or circumstances, but God is constant through it all. I've got a newsflash for you today, life. His love doesn't take breaks. He doesn't go on uni or school holidays. He doesn't retire. He doesn't go on smoko. He is constant. 
But Jordan, this is all good and all that. I get that. I get that. But why is security in God's love so important? Here's the harsh reality tonight, or today, sorry. We need constant security because we're under constant threat. We need constant security because we're under constant threat. You know, there's some people sitting in this room today and you're, you're at the end and you're like, I, I don't know how much longer I can do this, Jordan. I feel like day in, day out, week in, week out, year after year, this thief, this enemy is stealing, is killing, is destroying everything that I'm trying to build up, everything that I thought was God. He's, he's just doing damage to my life. Can I bring something to you today? A thief only breaks into somewhere that they know is valuable. They only attempt a robbery if they know there's something valuable in there. So if the enemy's coming after you, I'm telling you today, there is something in you. Do not be disheartened. His love is constant. Constant. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we serve a God that is constant in His love. It never changes. It never goes on break. The thief may come to steal, kill, and destroy, but our God protects, loves, and wants us to live an abundant life. See, church, just like good security, God's love is what? Constant. Point two today. And I want to I whip through this because I really feel like at the end, there's just going to be some breakthrough for some people in our altar call time. But good security is complete. Good security is complete. In fact, life, the best security is what? Complete. Who knows that the best security has everything it needs to keep something secure? It's complete. You think about the Mona Lisa for a moment. They don't just have one, one middle-aged man who's got nothing going on with his life, just sort of walking around like, yeah, it's a cool painting. I should make sure no one does anything. Hey, you look dodgy. Don't. No, no, no. They've actually got the most insane security system. They've got CCTV footage. They've got lasers that operate at night. They've got people with, arm, like, with guns. There's armed guards. They've actually got a like, glass cabinet over the top of it so people can't throw stuff at it. It is insane. The security for the Mona Lisa is complete. Now, why is it complete? It's because it holds great value. One of my favorite scriptures, one of my, my favorite parables is when Jesus talks about the parable of the, the pearl of great worth. And essentially, if you haven't heard this story, there's a merchant who literally sells everything he owns to, to buy and purchase this pearl of great worth. And what I want you to catch today is you are valuable. This story, this parable, what, what Jesus is trying to explain to us is that the pearl is you. The merchant is God and the price paid for you was Jesus. See, the pearl is only as valuable as the price paid for it. So today, in other words, your value doesn't come from your gifts, your talents, how often you're on the serve roster, your attendance, your personality, your occupation. No, no, no. Your worth comes from the price paid for you, which guess what? Was Jesus. You are priceless because of the price paid for you. God sees great value in you, immense value in you. So you're not just a uni student. You're not just a single mum. You're not just going through the motions. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High. You are a child of God and God loves you deeply and completely. There was a great price that was paid for you. 
So with that being said, if, if God sees great value in you, if he sees you with immense value, don't you think he'll do everything he can to protect you? He is a good father, church. And, and sometimes I find that really tough to say, I'll be honest, because my earthly father, bit of a dropkick. <laughs> but I've found the revelation that he is a good father. When others let me down, he never does. He is the complete deal. I love this. In, in Psalms 18.30, it says, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. His way is perfect. In other words, his way is complete. And here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I find it really tough to trust someone I don't completely know. Like I take that into every facet of my life. Like Emma actually finds that a little bit annoying. Like I'll be at work and I'll, like someone will walk in, I'll be like, I don't trust him. And my brother who is like the owner with me, he'll be like, dude, you kind of just have to. We need to make money. <laughs> I, I, I'm keeping an eye on them. Tim, I don't trust him. Or like, we'll go to like a family gathering. I'll be like, I know we're family, but there's the odd occasion you could do something bad. I don't trust you because I don't completely know you. The worst thing though for my poor wife is she has to put up with me in that like area of life when it comes to movies and TV shows. Like I'm telling you right now, Emma probably finds it so frustrating because like we'll be watching like a, a thriller, like a crime scene sort of investigation movie and uh, they'll be like around like the, the body and, and trying to work it out. And then like the seedy random person walks into the scene and straight away I'm like to Emma, he did it. <laughs> he did it. I can tell you right now, he did it. Emma's like, can we just, can we just watch? I'm like, I'm calling it now. I'm call we can just switch it off because I'm right. I know it. It's him. We'll be watching like a, like a, uh, like a real, it is super annoying. Tell, tell me about it. But uh, we'll be watching like a, uh, like a TV show, right? And it'll be like a romance TV show. Um, it will never be a musical. I can't stand them. Uh, we started watching, uh, is it Hamilton? And I was like, they don't talk. They just sing. And Emma's like, that's the point. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll be watching like a, a, a romance TV series and, you know, like the, this, this like random cheerleader girl will like walk into the scene and I'll just go to Emma, I'll be like, she's going to break his heart. She's going to break his heart. You watch. We're going to have to deal with this. She's going to break his heart. And Emma's like, it's literally episode one, Jordan. Like it's literally the first scene. Everyone and anyone could break anyone and everyone's heart. I'm like, but it, she, she definitely will. But I have major trust issues. And, and what I'm trying to say today is there are some people in this room, and I've been in seasons as well, where we find it really hard to trust God because we don't know God. Maybe you're in this room and you know of God, but you don't really know God. We can find God tough to trust because we don't know him. But I'm here to challenge you today. He is worth knowing. He is worth trusting because the reality is he has it all in control. He loves you. He wants to protect you. He, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He is worth knowing. He is worth loving. He is worth trusting. Good security is complete. And my third point for today, as I invite Izzy up, how awesome is Izzy, by the way? 
Some of you guys wouldn't know this, but uh, Izzy and I used to go to um, Rise Church together. She was on my youth team back then. She is phenomenal. She is an absolute like weapon, so anointed. Love your stacks, Izzy. Um, point three. Someone say three. And I, I feel like God's about to break something in this room. Point three. Good security is close. Close. Good security is close. See, one of the most spoken Bible verses I reckon we've all probably heard is Deuteronomy 31.8, which states, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and as I was preparing this message for today, I got this sense that there's people in this room that find that verse very tough to hear. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. Jordan, you say He'll never leave me and you say He'll never forsake me. But I feel like he's absent considering the diagnosis I received this week. Jordan, you you say he won't forsake me. You say he's with me. But I feel like he's not present considering the fallout I had with my family this week. I'm lonely. I don't think you get it. I'm lonely. Jordan, you say he won't forsake me. You say he won't leave me. But I feel like he's absent in my struggle with mental illness. And I'm here to tell you today, this is my sole mission for this morning to tell you he is close he is close scripture says he's closer than a brother and he's close to the brokenhearted now in in my life my brother and I we are best friends we're business partners as well so like our life is like entangled together and like we get flipping close (laughs) we are so close And then to read scripture where it talks about he's closer than a brother. That is. He's closer than a brother. He's close to the brokenhearted. And he's close to you. See, the reality is we we struggle with the concept of God being close sometimes. When things are rough and tough and we feel like we're drowning or, or when we feel like we're maybe under threat, we think God is absent. God jumps in the escape pod. He gets away from trouble. Because why, why would God want to be in my struggle? He's perfect. He's holy. Why would He want to be close? He should get as far away as, from me as possible because what I'm going through and who I am is, is not right. But I'm here to tell you, God doesn't take the escape pod. He doesn't make a fast getaway. He stays close. He stays close. But I think where this trust issue comes from is is from experience. See, in this room, there are so many people who have lived such different lives. Maybe you grew up with a perfect family. Maybe you grew up with a broken family. Maybe you went to private school, public school. Maybe you didn't go to school. Just within that very sentence, it splits the room completely. Our experience can often dictate how we see God. See, maybe today you find it hard to believe God loves you and is close because He didn't heal when you needed Him to heal. Maybe your dad let you down and and walked out. Maybe you find it hard to trust God and believe that He's close because your mum picked up a bad habit that was really toxic to the family when you were younger. Maybe the friend you thought that was going to be there forever bailed when things got tough and that's why you've got trust issues with God. 
Maybe the addiction hasn't been beaten even though you've prayed a thousand times, gone to a hundred conferences and been doused in oil. Maybe that's why you find it hard to believe God is close. Maybe there was a breakup that you didn't see coming. I couldn't even trust the person closest to me. How can I trust God? And for people sitting in their seats right now that are in a good place with God, you'd go, why not? But here's the reality today. There are people sitting in chairs that are going through things that we don't know about. And we as the church, it is time for us to stand up, preach that He is close, preach that He loves, preach that He has a purpose for you. You are not too far gone or too far away to be included in the plans of God. Jesus died for them just as much as He died for you. He is close, church. See, all these things and more can effectively shape our perception of who God is. And they can end up putting God into a box, a box that says God is distant. God is far. God doesn't care. Why, why would He care about me? He's got so many other people to care about. I'm actually doing half decent. There's people that are not doing decent at all. And we can chuck God into a box. But what I want you to catch today is God doesn't want to be restricted to a box. God doesn't want you to think that He's distant. He doesn't want you to believe that He's inconsistent. He wants you to understand that He is constant, that He is complete, that He is close. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that God causes everything, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. So today, as, as we close, I would love to pray for a couple of people, if that's all right. Because there's some people in this room that are in a hardship, that believe God is not constant, that believe God is not complete, that believe God is not close. And I'm believing that that will shift today. I believe that there's a revelation that will come I believe that there is a sensitivity that will come as well. I don't know about you, but one of the most, one of the, the craziest things my granddad would like constantly, even to this day, drills me on is he's like, are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Are you listening? Are you hearing? Are you seeing? Are you sensitive? I'm believing today that that will drop on this house. There'll be a new sensitivity to the presence of God. So I'd love it if, if every eye could close in this room. I want to pray for three different groups of people today. The first one is the group of people that may be in this room that, that find it really difficult to believe that God is constant, that God doesn't stick around, that God takes the escape pod, that He takes the easy way out when things get rough. I want you to understand today and I want you to catch this from the Father's heart. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High. He is constant. So today, if that's you, if you're like, I, I, Jordan, I really struggle with that. The understanding that God is constant. If that's you, can you just raise a hand for me with every eye closed in this place? I'm not going to count to three. I just want you to make that decision with God. If that's you today, if you're saying, God, I want that understanding that you are constant. Even when things get tough, even when things get rough, I want to believe that you are constant. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Father, you see those hands and, and those hands don't represent 
just an emotion or an action or an atmosphere, but they actually represent a life. And so God, I pray right now for those hands that are raised, I pray that they would have an encounter with You right now in this moment, that they would feel You, that they would hear You. And God, I pray that when things get tough, when things get rough, when when the storm is raging, I pray that You would be constant and You would show them. Even right now, I just get the sense that God's gonna reveal to you moments in your life previously where you thought He'd left you, but He'd actually rocked up in a, in a, in a form or in a way that you, you didn't think was God. Maybe you're going through hardship and you didn't have money and that person paid for your dinner. I'm believing that you will understand that God is constant. He sees your need. He sees your heart. He sees your love. He is constant. So Father, right now, I pray that You'd seal that in. Pray that we'd have a moment with Your presence. Amen. The second group of people that I want to pray for real quick is the people who struggle to to understand that God is complete. What do you mean by that, Jordan? What I'm trying to say is that God loves you so entirely that He He wants to protect you. He completely loves you. Wholeheartedly. So if that's you today, if, if you struggle with understanding God's love as being complete, can you just raise a hand for me? Awesome. Awesome. So good. So good. Holy Spirit, we, we just pray right now, Lord, that that You would just touch hearts right now. Touch hearts right now, Lord. God, give us an eye-opening experience, Lord, to understand that You are complete in all of Your ways. God, I pray that we would trust You. I pray that we would understand that You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I pray right now, Lord, that we would understand that Your way is perfect and that Your Word always proves true. You won't leave us and You won't forsake us. Thank You, Lord. Amen. And the last group of people, and I think this is, this is such a significant thing, is a group of people that, that struggle to, to understand that God is close. He is closer than a brother. He's close to the brokenhearted. These are the people that struggle with hearing the verse, He will never leave you nor forsake you because you feel like He has at some stage or He will some stage down the track. Today, if that's you, if, if, if you're sitting here, on that blue chair in this big hole and you're saying, God, I want to know that you're close. I want to feel that you're close. I want to have have concrete conviction that you will not leave me nor forsake me. If that's you today, can you just raise a hand for me? Awesome. Awesome. Come on. Holy Spirit, I, I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would show people that You are with them always, that You would reveal that You have always been with them, always will be with them. Holy Spirit, we thank You that You are a God that does not fail. You are a God that always wins. You are a God that always has victory. And so Holy Spirit, I pray right now that we would have a conviction as the church, capital C, that You are close. And Holy Spirit, I pray even right now over this church, Lord, that we would leave this place today understanding that You are constant, You are complete, and that You are close. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day would be like a stake in the ground. It'd be a line in the sand for us to step forward and to love You like we've never loved You before. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that we would be people who carry Your love constantly, completely and closely. We thank You for what You have done. We thank You for what You are doing. 
and we thank you for what you're yet to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.